Welcome to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hanson, hosted by attorneys Sean Garner and Adam Hanson. Welcome to Life, Death, and the Law. This is Sean Garner, an attorney at Deason, Garner, and Hanson. I'm sitting next to Adam Hanson, my partner, and across the table from Cody Beeson, who is our sound manager, engineer, and uh, moral compass. Moral compass, yes. So um, we're going to be talking a little bit about Christian, Adam's son, to start out with, and a great opportunity he has. Adam, tell us what's going on. It's I really don't want to talk about this, but I guess I will now. Yeah, it's exciting. It's not a big deal, but this so, is what happened. I'm just telling you this story because I thought it was an interesting story. But Okay, it, Christian, Adam's son, has got this great opportunity from this uh, YouTube influencer to um, what audition for some some talent show type thing yeah to be honest I don't quite know what's going on he just a couple weeks ago he said dad he Christian plays the piano he loves playing the piano and, and just dinking around on that he plays the harmonica while he plays the piano sometimes he plays the guitar he just likes to pick these things up and he's actually really good at it he's just musically inclined like that and uh, it's fun it's fun for our family and I try to encourage him to do that kind of stuff and he likes to impress his friends and stuff. He's a freshman. Freshman at Gila Ridge, yeah. And so he comes to me two days or two weeks ago, and he said, Dad, there's this YouTuber that I watch all the time. He does all these things. He's having a talent show, and so you can submit your you, – you do like a video bio of yourself real quick, tell a little bit about yourself, and then what talent you want to do, and then you do something. So he recorded himself playing a, a piece on the piano, I think. I don't know. I don't even know what he did. I think uh, he did play the piano. I don't know what he did. Your and kids are incredibly talented. They'll come over to my house, and I'll be hearing some classical music playing, and I'm almost like, who, who put on the classical music? And then I'll walk into my, my family room where the piano is, and it's either Dominic or Christian just playing this beautiful work of art on the, on the piano. Anyway, so I could see them doing that. So he played something that I think it was a meme or something. So he'll do, he can do classical, but he, I tell him, you know, if you're going to play in front of people, nobody wants to listen to classical music. Oh. We want to listen to the good stuff, you know, Piano Man by Billy Joel or Bohemian that's, Rhapsody. That's how you get the classy ladies, classical music. Well, anyway, apparently he's not looking for that at a, as a freshman in high school. Okay. He's looking to please the crowds. Okay. Crowd pleasers. That's what I tell him. You, you want crowd pleasers because nobody cares about the classical stuff. Mm. You can play that. I would encourage you to play that. Play it at the Garner's house. Play it at the Garner's house. Uncle Sean likes that. But nowhere else. <laughs> and uh, when in front of crowds, you got to do me proud. You, don't embarrass me. So he picked the, the right song then. Well, I guess so. So long story short, okay? So he says, Dad, can I do this? I said, well, what do I care? You know, I don't have to pay money. I don't have to do anything. Yeah, do whatever you want. You know, I don't care. And he's like, okay, I just have to have your permission because I'm a minor. I'm like, okay, you have my permission, whatever that means. And so he does it. And so we get an email and the email said, hey, we've selected you. So apparently there were 400,000 applications to do this talent show with this YouTuber. Mm -hmm. And Christian got picked to be in that talent show. How many people got picked? I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine it was a lot because then the next part of this email was like, congratulations, we've selected your application and you to be part of this talent show. Can you make it on this Friday, which would be the 10th, so last Friday, um, to L.A., and you need to be there at, I don't know what it was, 7 in the morning or something, and then budget some time from 7 to like 2 in the afternoon. 
And if you move on, you need to have at least three different performances of the piece that you're going to do or of different pieces because you don't want, and they said something in the email about like, this is going to be on YouTube and um, you don't, we don't want to see the same thing over and over again. So if you move on in the rounds, then we want a different piece every time, something like that. And so Christian's telling everybody at school, no, I don't know how they found out, but it was like wildfire. Christian's going to LA to be on this YouTuber's channel and a talent show. And so <laughs> I'm like... Is a YouTuber known um, widely among the crowd in his school? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's not Mr. Beast, but it's another guy. like It's like that. Like, he's worldwide mm. guy that has tons of money because of YouTube, and then he gives away money and stuff like that. So I don't know the guy. I don't know, you know, but the kids do. And uh, so I feel obligated now to drive him to L.A., Mm-hmm. Lickety split to get him to this thing. I don't think he's going to win, but I'm like, oh, whatever, you know, I'll go take him. And Cody, when I told the original, originally, when I told you about it, you, you lit up and you're yeah. like, you're going, right? You have to, you have to take him. Why do I, ha- why? No, do I no, you have to take him. Why though? Because That's an amazing opportunity. This is just why like is when Sean, this is just like when Sean took, took his, his kid to, what was it? A soccer game or a volleyball game on like drop of a hat notice. But I, I think like your, your kid got into the, Finale or final? You tell him not a sports guy, but mm-hmm. the fina- uh, finals. But my point is, you have to when they have an opportunity like this. You have to take them, especially LA is only four hours, four and a half, five. Okay, if you drive slow, yeah, yeah. Maneuver through the well. I was conflicted about apocalypse it. Apocalypse in downtown. I was LA. conflicted about it, and I don't know. I mean, I was like, I guess I'll. I don't know. You're right. I don't you, know what to do. You won't even need a hotel room. Just take a tent. Yeah, exactly. I'll fit right in. That, you just just book a cot on in one of their tent cities. Well, I feel obligated because now, like the whole community's behind him. Yeah. Did you hear Christian's going to L.A. to Hollywood for this YouTuber? I'm like, wait a second. No wonder he wasn't too upset when you fired him. <laughs> do you, I mean, do you want him to continue pursuing, you know, the arts and and have this passion? Then yeah, you have to take him. Yeah, you know. How, well, when you put it that way, I'm what, like, no. What, what percentage of kids, um, when they're asked what they want to do, um, answer be a YouTuber? It, it's high. High. It's, it's like yeah. three out of ten or something like that. It's quite a bit. I okay. think more than that. Why do you even bring that up, though? I don't want because to because be it's a, a legitimate career. Nah. Okay. That reminds me of a. That reminds me of a uh, SNL skit. I don't watch Saturday Night Live, but there's a comedian that I really like who was on there recently, Nate Bergazzi. Nate Bergazzi, yep. Did you see this? No, Cody? I didn't, but I love Nate. Well, there's a super funny uh, skit that they did. Mm-hmm. You should, you, you listeners should look it up. No, no, I like Nate. He's great. He's, He's funny. Guy, yeah. Anyway, the whole scene, they're on this plane, and there's this lady. She's having a baby actively on the plane, like she's going into labor, mm-hmm. and the and her husband's like, "Is in it? We need a doctor right now." And so. A guy stands up. He's like, they're like, oh, thank goodness. He said, oh, 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 I'm not a doctor, but I'm a lawyer, which that's like the second best profession, right? They're like, we don't need a lawyer. We need a doctor. <laughs> it's super funny. So then they just, now all the passengers are arguing, what's the second best profession? Is it an engineer? Is it a lawyer? And this lady's <laughs> like, I need a doctor. It was pretty funny. Anyway, I don't usually think that Saturday Night Live is funny, but that was funny to me. Yeah. Because I'm a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean, you you took a dig at me about Christian. Yes, I recently fired Christian. It wasn't a dig. 
It's just a statement of fact. Well, you try to make me feel bad about it. No. I fired him last week because, and it wasn't because of him. It was because of his older brother, I've to be honest. threatened to fire or fired my children a dozen times. They've worked for me for now 14 years, and, um, you know, several have moved on and graduated. And I've threatened them on a monthly basis, actually fired them and then rehired them. So, no, I know what you're going through. I, I'm actually satisfied to see that somebody else is going through the growing pains that my family went through. So we, they don't do much for us. They just, uh, they clean, clean our office from time to time. They do a real bad job at that. And so I'd had enough and I fired them and, uh, I don't feel bad about that. Well, Cause I'm really nitpicky and I complain a lot and, uh, I'm getting, I, I'm used to being nitpicky with my own kids. So I'm unfiltered with the things that they miss. Well, that, well that's, the, that's good though. And, I want you to be. And so I, I, Blasted out this text, and it had all these nitpicky pictures on it. And uh, so then the next thing we know is Adam's kids are fired. (laughs) And my daughter is feeling horrible. because Why? Because she feels like she contributed to it to some effect. Like, you know, she should have been more involved, and something should have happened and then, of course, she's a she's a teenage girl, so she talks more liberally and and overemphasizes the the, the drama of what's going on, and um, it, it it all kind of spins out of control. So that's we're looking for some good kids to clean our office. Is basically what it comes down to. <laughs> Sounds like life lessons all around. Yeah, everyone learned. Yeah. Um, no, my my kids the. A lot of people ask, are you contributing to your uh, 529 plan for your college um, funds for your kids? No. My kids, if they want to go to college, they need to work. I've got plenty of work around my house. I've got plenty of work around the office. I supply them opportunities to work. I pay them minimum wage. Like If it's outside regular chores, you know, just like cleaning the kitchen and vacuuming the living room, then I will pay them literally minimum wage for the, the jobs that I assign them. And so up until the time they can drive, they really don't appreciate it. And a lot of that has tax benefits as well. That, there's part of it, you know. So not only is it going to be better for their character development, but there's tax benefits to paying your kids as well. Yeah, I suppose that's why I got into actually paying the minimum wage and, and, and putting them on as an independent contractor and, and reporting it as such. I, I record their hours, or at least I give them a spreadsheet to record their hours. And um, we, we do it very... It, by the book. Yeah, by the book. We have we have a bookkeeper that keeps track of their hours. And um, all the money that we pay them is not now money that I have to pay taxes on at my higher tax bracket, but they get paid and, and their tax bracket is next to nothing. So that money gets to filter down through them. They pay for their own clothes. They pay for their own games. Unless it's Christmas presents, they're paying for it. They bought puppies last week. Oh, they did that. And... Uh, we bought one, and they bought the other one. I heard Jessica told me this. My wife told me this. She's like, oh, Sean and Brittany got these puppies. She showed me the beautiful picture. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, those are adorable. Of course, she wants them right away, you know, too. It's like a baby. She can have them. <laughs> and I guess they're siblings. Yeah. And Jessica's like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Why? I don't know. That's what she said. Aren't they like a bonded But I wasn't going to tell you that. I wasn't going to tell you that because it's like, well, it's too late. <laughs> Until we got it's on like the radio. It's like one of those things that you don't say. You have no idea why. 
You just accepted it as gospel. She just said, oh, they're still because in bad. And you're like, okay. My understanding. Like, next next topic, what's for dinner? My understanding is when you get sibling dogs from the same litter, they will be competitive the rest of their lives in your household, and it causes issues. Why? I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm used to it. I got six kids. I, I mean, I have that I with it dogs for what it's worth. aren't siblings. That's why I wasn't afraid of telling you, because it's probably just a wives' tale. Time will tell. It literally is a wives' tale. Time will tell. (laughs) So keep us posted if that was a really bad decision. We got to go to break. Uh, We'll be right back after this. We're going to get into some political stuff, though, coming back. So this is Life, Death, and the Law. We'll be right back. Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and the law right after this. Hey, you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back to Life, Death, and the Law. We are talking about, I actually have an Israeli flag flying at my I house. I saw that. Yeah. The other day. That was fun to see. Yeah, I I support Israel 100%. Israel deserves the right to exist as a state, as a nation, as a people. They should not be eradicated. And this this free Palestine, I I, I think it's hate speech, although uh, I do think it's still free speech. So if there was a question as to whether or not people should be allowed to chant that in the streets, my answer would be yes, although... I think what they're really saying, and anybody that was educated into what what the movement is, is they're saying from the West Bank of Jordan all the way to the Gaza Strip pal- is Palestine. That should be the Palestinian state. And so if it's Palestine, then it's not Israel. Therefore, Israel should be eradicated from the map. And they may allow Jews to live there. So they're not necessarily advocating for the genocide of Jews. They're just advocating for the eradication of the Jewish state, which is Israel. That's what they're saying when Palestine shall be free from the river to the sea. And um, a lot of people that understand what how the Palestinian-Jewish interaction is, is there are no Jews that live in Palestinian state, right? So like the Gaza Strip or up, you know, across the West Bank, they don't, no Jews live there. No, I think they do. Um, that was part of the settlement plan that they tried to do, right? Well, there's... They don't want to live there, but I think There's some occupation of the West Bank, yes, because there's constant terrorist attacks, and so they've, they've used that occupation as a buffer between Palestine that lays to the east of Israel 
and and that's uh, apparently what has got a lot of people in Palestine up in arms is that they're being occupied by these Jewish settlements. But um, I'm not, I'm saying in Palestine proper, there there aren't Jews intermingling and and you know just participating in general commerce as there are Palestinians in Israel that are there. Twenty percent of people that live in Israel are Palestinians, and they walk about freely. They enjoy the rights of individuals that that live and and conduct business there, and uh, it, it's a pretty civil and peaceful interaction. But it's not the same for Jews that cross over to say Gaza or to you know um, east of the West Bank. I got I asked I got asked this question by a client last week actually where I stand on all this, and my answer was that I think I agree with you that Israel has the right to exist and defend themselves, and I support their ability to defend themselves. I think uh, they should have never ceded territory that they won through what we would call conquering. You know, It's very rare for a conquering nation that gains territory to then, once they win that conflict, to give it back. And they, they already held the Gaza Strip, the West Bank, they had all the way down to Egypt. They had a huge chunk, yeah. but over time, they've been pressured by the world to give it back. Well, and sometimes they weren't even pressured by the world. They just said, listen, leave us alone. Yeah, well, that's true. And in exchange for that, we'll give you land in exchange for peace. You There's stop a- firing rockets into our state, our sovereign territory, recognize the original boundaries, and we'll give you back the, the land that we had to take from you in, as part of this conflict. And it's not, an, I mean, there is no other nation that I know of that has done that in the world's history. Usually when you conquer a territory, you keep that territory. That's yours. Well, World War. You know, I was just going to say, the only other people I know of that's done that is the United States of America. But do we truly leave that area? And do we get credit for it? Do we, going back to World War II, yeah. I mean, we decimated them with the atomic bomb. We technically said, here you go, Japan, keep it. But we still occupied it. We still had. We still have a presence in Japan, so we don't necessarily leave a place. We want to make sure, just like Israel's trying to do, in my opinion, with Palestine. There is no Palestine with Gaza and with um, with the West Bank. Yeah, I said the Palestinian state. There is no Palestinian state. I want to correct myself for the record there. And uh, so it's not unheard of for a. a a conqueror to do that, I, I would have. I would just argue they should have never given those territories back. If I were them right now, I would not give them back. I would, I would go in, take Gaza, take the West Bank, take it all the way down to Egypt originally where they had it. The West Bank, and take it all, and keep it. Don't give it back. Wow. Well, there, but I do. There's how we start uh, the World, nuclear holocaust in World War Three. Uh, what I would say though is I support Israel to the extent mm-hmm. of their right to do what they're doing so long as it maintains a moral compass, which they are going to do. They've done that in the past. That's the, that's the argument on the, on the other side of this. So in order to do that, they would have to um, essentially eradicate the, the current population there and either eradicate or drive them from their land. No. What are you talking about? That you think they're, they're going to take over the West Bank and Gaza and allow Palestinians to continue to live there? Yes. I mean, the Palestinians are, are, are really their hostages by Hamas. I mean, those dead Palestinians. Hamas who they elected, but sure. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're, they're the... I, I agree. The, 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 the Hamas, average person yeah. is being of Palestine is being held by Hamas as a hostage for a strategic leverage in, in this war. Yes. Bingo. Absolutely. Bingo. Mm-hmm. 
And so you asked that question. Yeah, I would conquer those areas that they've conquered in the past and this time keep them and Palestinians can live there just like they're living there now. In fact, it would be better because oh, those, yeah, the lives places of, would be uh, dramatically improved. And the quality of life of a Palestinian in Israel, in Gaza, oh, no, in, in, Israel. In, in, in Israel is way better than the quality of life of a Palestinian in the territory known as Palestine. I, I thought I, I heard a statistic somewhere that people were more, like, uh, they're more likely to live in a, a Israel or a Jewish controlled state versus a Islamic state. Like they're happier to live there. And for people, I haven't visited Israel, um, but everybody that I know of that has talked about this, their, their visit to Israel, the Palestinians and, and Muslims in general, um, they enjoy the same freedoms, the same rights as Jewish individuals, not just Jewish is, is an interesting term because it's both a religion and it's an, it's a nationality, but they, they enjoy all the rights of a Jewish citizen. They can become a citizen of Israel, the state. They, they, there's um, Palestinian members of the courts and there's Palestinian members of the um, parliament there in Israel. And so they have representation. The girls are allowed to read. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, like, exactly. They're yeah. allowed to show their hair and, yeah, exactly. and show their ankles and whatnot. So um, I don't know how we got started on this. You, you brought it up. <laughs> okay. So I, I wanted to say something though. Uh, I do. I agree with what we've all talked about, you know, but what I don't agree with is giving money to Israel for their support. If, if you're going to go into a war and do all that, then do it. Additional but, money? Because we've already committed $3.8 a year. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know why we're doing that. We do that in exchange for the intellectual uh, development that is being created. You know, they, they're, they're not only developing in, in concert with us, the Iron Dome, but they're using it. And, of course, you can only develop so much of a weapon before you actually have to use it to see if it's effective, and that Iron Dome would be a very effective missile defense for us, especially with, like, the supersonic missiles that, that Russia has developed and China has developed. And so we want that technology. So we develop – it's basically R&D that is – more it goes beyond R and D because now they're actually implementing it. Uh, okay, I like that. I, I like that explanation. I didn't understand that before because you have these packages that are being proposed right now. Hey, we need to give additional aid to Israel in this fight, one hundred three billion dollars or something like that. And I'm thinking, nah, no, like we can say, hey, you guys, we're we're behind you if you need military. Yeah. A lot of that was at a certain Ukraine point. again. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a pork package, but I'm the same. It's the same that holds true, in my opinion, for Ukraine and Israel. You are foreign nations. We've got our own problems here at home that we need that money to 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 help with. And before we start giving money away to anybody out there, we need to take care of our own selves here. If you need our help militarily, because we have the greatest military in the world, we can get involved in that. If it gets to the point where we're sucked in, like. I agree with the World War II type analysis where we, we are more of a defense, a defensive war country. If, yeah. you, if you, I don't know if you agree with that, but we didn't if come we, into World we, War II until we were attacked at Pearl yeah. Harbor. Uh, I, I do and I don't. I think it's, quite honestly, on an individual basis, I think we could have got into World War II a little bit earlier. Um, I think that we, we saw the, the potential fall, and most people thought it was inevitable, including Joseph Kennedy. J.P.K., yeah, so Joseph That's Kennedy thought that the fall of England was inevitable, and, and to continue to fight against Hitler was, was stupid. 
And so, you know, he was over there in England and as, a, as an ambassador of the United States to England, and he pulled out and he recommended that we not fight against Hitler, but begin to cooperate with Hitler because it was inevitable that he was going to win. And uh, I thought at that point, when we decided not to cooperate with Hitler, which was a good decision, obviously, um, we should have gone to war against Hitler because we saw so much power accumulating over there. And those are those states falling to the Nazi regime were against our national interest. So at the point where it becomes against our national interest to stay out of the conflict, we need to start beefing it up and get into the conflict. We need to go and do that. But I, I certainly... Um, hold strong to the tenets that uh, George Washington provided in his farewell speech that we should avoid long-term foreign entanglements and long-term foreign treaties. We should not do those. And what is NATO? It's a long-term foreign treaty and entanglement that says we're going to get in war in, in the event that somebody files a missile on Poland or somebody files a, a missile over there that is any NATO-allied country. And that is a very bad idea. It, it might not be in our best interest. In fact, oftentimes it wouldn't be in our best interest to go full-fledged war against Russia or any other nation that fires against one of the NATO-allied countries. In fact, NATO, I think, is the reason why Russian uh, forces invaded Ukraine because Ukraine was trying to get entrance into NATO, and that would put this NATO alliance right on the border of Russia, which is a direct threat to Russian sovereignty and, and their way of governing. And they, they felt that this preemptive attack was absolutely necessary. I'm not defending Putin in that sense, but I'm saying there is some rationale. It wasn't just like, hey, let's go for a power grab and let's try to reenact um, what occurred with the Soviet Union between the 50s and, and 1990, I'm saying they were genuinely afraid that the way that they govern in Eastern Europe was going to be compromised by Ukraine being allowed to enter the EU and NATO, and they felt compelled, and, not, and this isn't just hypothetical, they said it over and over again. The more cozy Ukraine gets with the West and the more you entertain these ideas of allowing them into NATO, the more likely it is that we are going to invade Ukraine. And they were promised that NATO would not expand its borders and, and allow new countries to become allied in NATO nations um, after, I don't remember the exact time, but it was certainly in the 1980s and many more countries have entered NATO. So we broke our promise there and in a sense, pushed Russia to the brink where that war broke out. And uh, I know now there's peace talks that NATO is supporting to allow Russia to keep the 20% of the land that they've been occupying since n nearly the initiation of the war, as well as the Crimean Peninsula. So the Donbass region and the Crimean Peninsula to stop this endless fighting, because now we've got I guess, a new and more interesting war going on brewing in the Middle East, and we don't want World War III. Ukraine and Vladimir Zelensky was right on the brink of actually settling that and, and entering into peace negotiations months after the initial evasions, 
for this same territory. And the United States and NATO is absolutely against it. Like basically said, you cannot do this and, and we're going to support you. And, and which was ridiculous to think that we're going to push the Russian forces out of the Ukrainian territories. And, uh, and Vladimir Zelensky or, or, or Putin was going to go back to his people and say, oh, yeah, we tried, but we lost and, and expect all things to go on as a um, status quo prior. We've got to take a break. This is Life, Death and the Law. Coming up, more thought-provoking conversations on life, death, and the law right after this. Hey, you, my Dave Ramsey here. If you listen to our show or know anything about us, then you know I only recommend products and services I trust and I believe in. That's why when it comes to protecting your assets and planning for your loved one's future, you've got to call my friends Sean Garner and Adam Hansen at the law firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen. I encourage you to take the first step and attend a free, no-pressure seminar and learn all of your options. The firm of Deason, Garner, and Hansen has been educating the Yuma community for over 40 years, and this is the only area of law that they practice. Sean and Adam believe in giving free education to help people make smart decisions about their assets and help them leave a legacy for their family that they can be proud of. Schedule a free personal consultation today. Call 783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com. You're listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back. This is Life, Death, and the Law. I'm attorney Adam Hanson, and I've got my partner in crime, Sean, to my to my side. And across the table, we got the one and only Cody Beeson, who's uh, our sound tech and um, more moral guru for all things that we do in our life. We look to Cody yeah. to tell us what to do. I hope not. And... Along that same vein. Because we're lawyers, and so ethics is like, hmm, we're, we're kind of in that no man's land, so we look at Cody and we say, is this ethical? And what then, would Cody do? He'd do yeah. the opposite. Yeah, he brings us back on, you know. <laughs> but Cody. The straight and narrow. Knows what he's talking about when it comes to government. I, I don't know. Particularly local government, because you served on the city council for how many years? Like eight. Eight years. Yeah. So you're you're a career politician then? No, I mean, a couple more years, I'd, I'd have retirement. You, you didn't. That. You couldn't stick it out for two more years. I I was done after two terms. Yeah, I'm good. I'll run for something else. Maybe state mine inspector in a few years. Yeah. Perfect. Get that Sweet. retirement. So um, there were a couple of initiatives on the ballot last week. Yeah, and well, it's confusing because I see I see these signs on the corners of the road, and it says yes on. Four, what were the... It was 419, 420, and 421. I thought so. It's always like some 420 version. I'm like, why? Why do they always use that number? I think the cities are obligated to the 400s, and the counties, I think, have threes or twos, and then school districts have a different set of numbers, and the state has a different set of prop numbers. Oh, that's a lot more boring than I thought. Yeah. Okay. So um, there was these initiatives, 419, 420, and 421. What was 419? Uh, 419 was the a city attorney serving at the pleasure of the city council. Now, this is a charter amendment because it's written into our charter that mm-hmm. the only employee the council, the mayor and council has is the administrator. So this is actually a big deal because now the city attorney serves the council and not just the administrator and the city. So it's kind of... Kind of now the city has the city council has two employees and not just one. So the city council gets to hire 
the city attorney yeah. and fire them. Yeah. Whereas before, who hired and fired the city attorney? The administrator. Just the administrator. Uh-huh. So Thanks. technically, he serves at the pleasure of the administrator. So, okay, you so can't... he had a lot of authority. Well, if I the guess... City attorney, if the administrator was doing something maybe a little bit crooked, the city attorney had a conflict of interest in, that, in pointing that out. 100%. That's where this came from. And it wasn't so much that somebody was doing something crooked. It was, hey, we have a question about this. Oh, no. And I, and I, the answer from the attorney. And you guys are attorneys. Nobody how, in any government position would do anything crooked. But, I, yeah, I, hypothetically. But how would you answer? You're like, well, my client <laughs> is that guy. Yeah. So I can't answer that. You need to you need to get your own outside counsel. No, yeah, I remember back in the days when I did litigation and I sued the city for awarding a bid um, inappropriately to a contractor that it was was contrary to the city um, charter. Yeah, a- about how bids should be awarded, and I tried to get some assistance from the city attorney in doing it, and yeah, it was crickets, and and I wondered why, and and that explains it. Yeah, because the attorney serves at the pleasure of the administrator. The administrator is employed by the council. Yeah, and the administrator approves the procurement yeah. of, of all the services and that are provided by the city or to the city. Yeah, I mean, and there, there's limits, you know. Like the, the, he's the procurement officer as well. Uh, no, or we have, he, he hires a procurement yeah, officer. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, he, he hires every, everybody. Okay. All right. So we've got these initiatives on the ballot. That's the only one that passed. We talked about Proposition 419. We talked about the fact that uh, the city attorney, who is Rodney Short, is now going to be um, serving at the pleasure of the city council, along with the mayor. Right, yeah. So the mayor and council and, I guess, administrator. So the, man, the mayor and the council. The administrator doesn't have a vote in that, does he? No, no, other than probably uh, a recommendation. I mean, obviously, you all have to be on the same team, so I'm sure... But you're right. I mean, at some point, they are independent. Uh, I was just thinking that, you know... You're... The city administrator is serving at the pleasure of the city council. Yeah, so now the attorney is too. So Good. they're they're equal in that regard, okay. I guess. I think that's how it should be. You know, we're governed by elected officials, and it's a representative government. So they should be the ones hiring and firing the people that actually do the work in the government, which is the city attorney and the city administrator and the... A procurement officer it's a, it's a modified like manager form of government council manager form of government um back in the day we used to have like a commissioner form of government so you're an elected council member you're the fire commissioner or you're the police commissioner that, that's good though too right it, it got a little uh i i don't know it, it, I, I see why they went away from that in the 60s mm-hmm. because that would be uh, a little messy you know well okay and and the thing about it back then was at least they could earn a, a decent living and be on the city council, whereas now you cannot. Like, what does a city council member make? Uh, so prior to the proposition. Mo- moving into Prop 420, it's staying the same. Yeah, I know, because yeah. it didn't pass. But what what were they making and what were they supposed um, to be making? 3600 is what they currently make. It's it's written into the charter. And uh, they, they had some crazy formula where there's going to be based on the county supervisor salary and Yada yada yada, um, thirty six hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's it's volunteer work on steroids. Uh, it's not even on steroids. That's volunteer work. That's that's gas mileage right yeah. there. Is, especially considering how many hours they put into or should be putting into the position. How many hours are sitting there listening to the concerns of the uh, the residents and determining 
big multi-million dollar contracts and the direction of the city attending all of these social events. I, I tend to avoid social events. I'm not a social person um, as far as group interaction, but there's always city council members there. And uh, the amount of time and resources that they have to put into that position, I, I wouldn't think that $3,600 would even reimburse them. Oh, it, it totally doesn't. You spend more on gas. But yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I I got a great education out of it. I, I learned a lot. I networked. I, I I got something else, you know, other than a monetary. Well, and that that you know, and and for you that's fine because you know you you're like as a a beam of light. You know, you're not tempted by the appetite to the flesh. But most people are, and so because they're not being compensated fairly for the time that they put in, they look for other forms of compensation like. Influence peddling, you know, not like we've seen that in any other government. Right. <laughs> not, yeah. Uh, field. So, um, yeah. So I, I, I would think that that would put them in a position where they're more susceptible to corruption because they're not getting paid enough to even offset the time that they're putting in. And so they should be paid commensurate with the time and the talent that we're looking for to run a city like you. We're always wondering, well, why aren't our medians um, more attractive with trees and bushes? And and why aren't um, decisions made for this type of contracting done in a more efficient way? Well, the people that we elect are getting paid $3,600. So either they're independently wealthy or they are just a, a good Samaritan through and through, and they don't care about money at all. Or they're retired. Or they're retired. Or, you know, it's a gig. You can pick up for a little extra pocket change, and um, you hope that the qualifications are there, but you don't know. Or they, they have some ulterior motives, such as gaining influence with powerful circles. Okay. Let's get back to the proposition um, 421. All right, so uh, 421 is the city administrator severance package. So we're talking about having professionals run the city. Um, and at a competitive level, you want a, a city administrator that has, works the nation, has been across the nation, has experience. And uh, national packages or, or, or for CEOs of that level mm-hmm. include six months of severance. Now, what is the salary currently or ballpark of the city? Mm, it was... Uh, in the 160s, 180s, somewhere like yeah. that, when now, I was there. Which is interesting, because the city yeah. administrator technically doesn't have as much power as the city council or the mayor. Uh, maybe more. I mean, they run the whole thing. No, they're, they're the bureaucratic arm yeah. of the city. So th- they follow through with what the uh, the city council and the mayor approve. The CEO, basically. Yeah, so the, the city council is the board, yep, and the mayor is the chair of the board, and then the administrator carries out the plan. The day-to-day stuff, yeah. So why would we have an administrator that gets paid $180,000, and we get board members <laughs> and the chair of the board that gets paid $300 a month? Right. That's ridiculous. So anyways, the proposition 420 was to pay them. There's It's codified in the state statute for... Um, county supervisors and and other administrators and it was going to to bring our charter up to date with the state statutes for that pay 
And um, that proposition failed. And I think most people probably just looked at it. The sign said nothing. It just said, say yes on 420. Who knows what the heck we're voting for? So it sort of said, you know, say yes to city um, council not living in below the poverty rate, you know, a third of the poverty rate. Yeah. Um, I I think they got it wrong. And I've said this for years. Um, back in the day, I, I remember looking at this, and long story short, 92 cities in Arizona, 90 of them have the compensation put into an ordinance because mm-hmm. it changes with the times. Only two cities have it in the charter, which requires a vote of the people. Yeah, and so for those listening, the charter of the city is as much like the Constitution is to the nation and the state. The charter is the founding document that says how things um, how laws should be made. And so it's the base fundamental bedrock of how laws should be made. And that's how the composition or compensation is 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 structured in our city, which is too rigid. Yeah. And long story short, back when they, they adopted that in the 60s, uh, maybe 71, point being was um, they had those numbers in there and that was incorrect. Or at least it's incorrect today. Yeah. Most, of, like I said, 90 other cities in the state. Well, in the 60s, when you could buy a house for $20,000, maybe that was commensurate. Yeah. Well, remember, yeah. <laughs> Point being was um, today, every other city except for, I believe, Tucson has it in an ordinance because it changes with the times. And that's what they should have did. They should have kept the numbers the same. They shouldn't have messed with mo- money. They shouldn't have messed with money right now. Saying, "Oh, these guys are going to get a raise." Nope, mm-hmm. everyone's going to get thirty six hundred. We're just going to change it to an ordinance, and then in a few years you adjust the ordinance. Now that could be uh, perceived as, as uh, you know, not slimy, but that could a co- be conflict of interest with the the people that are voting on the ordinance, raising their own um, pay like, rate. The like thing, Congress. <laughs> yeah, but the thing about it is. The way I understood that um, proposition was that it was going to align it with the state statute. 30%. It was going to tie it to a city um, or a county supervisor, like 30% yeah. of their salary? Yeah. So you're saying you're you're a third of a county supervisor? Which, you know. quite honestly, they probably do as much work as a county supervisor. Yeah. So my thing was do away with all that and just put it. What's the problem? The problem is it's not in an ordinance. Fix that first and mm-hmm. then adjust the numbers down the line. But they didn't do either one. So the the last proposition, 421. The six-month severance package. Six-month severance package was for the city administrator, and that was to bring in competent administrators to run our city that was commensurate with what other administrators around the nation get. It's Yeah, it's, it's about on par with what other executives would get at that level. You know, um, again, packages vary. I've seen uh, packages include, you know, their vehicle, their, their memberships and the rotary, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, severance is always in there. And they say that they need a six-month severance because um, you can't just go get another city administrator job. Like, that is a— But when does a severance vest? Immediately when they get hired? I guess that'd be a term of the contract. Yeah, because I couldn't see it being like you get a six-month severance after working there for six months. Yeah, I guess it'd be— I guess this just allows them the ability to put that into their contract. Right now, they're limited with two months. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, well, other places are more competitive. Yeah. And so it makes it more difficult to get comp- competent individuals to run our city. And we look around at the city and we look at the, the affairs that are going on. We have a lot of money in the city, 
but I don't think that the parks are anywhere near what they could be. I don't think like the public, the, the medians are as nice as they could be. They should be lined with trees. You go up to Gilbert, you go, go up to Scottsdale, you go up to Phoenix. Those places, it's not just that they're wealthier. Trees don't cost that much, right? I've planted 88 trees at my house and I've put in a sprinkler system for them. If you do it right, the infrastructure up front costs a little bit. But the trees and the shade they provide and the beautification that they provide to the city is well worth it. And we keep going through these um, renovation projects where at the end of the project, it looks nice for about six months. And then the sand blows through it and the, the plants don't get taken care of. And all of the decorative rock gets covered with these um, sand berms. And it, it looks just as bad as it did before the project. And with trees, you get this more established landscape. And we've been around for as long as these other cities. We should have the, the mature landscaping, these trees that are lining our streets, but we don't. Okay, so 421 did not pass. 420 did not pass. So um, we are not going to get more competitive, competent city administrators, at least um, not if they want compensation. And um, we're not going to get uh, compensated city council members or mayors. So um, please, those of you that are philanthropists out there and have plenty of money and uh, the competency to help us run our city, consider running for city council. And we appreciate the city. That's not saying anything about the current city council members. I appreciate what they do and the time that they put in. But uh, we, we certainly need people that know what they're doing and, and how to run a multi-million dollar corporation, which is essentially what a city is, to be there voting for its ordinances and enforcing um, and enacting uh, the, the projects that uh, are proposed. That's all the time we have for today. This is Life, Death, and the Law. If you have questions or want to know more about something that was discussed today, please call the law firm of Deason, Garner & Hanson at 928-783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com.